number of recoveries have doubled since they started the task force uh, 13 months ago, and the time to recovery has been cut in half. Welcome, everyone, to the Driving Vision Podcast brought to you by the Ziegler Auto Group. I'm your host, Sam Dark, and here with me, Auto Group Director of Talent Development, Mike Van Ryan. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks, Sam. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like it if you do, and leave a comment. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the special edition of the Driving Vision Podcast. So we're excited to have with us today several guests that will be able to contribute in a unique way to a unique conversation with a big problem. So first up, head of the CATA, Dave Sloan. Dave, welcome. Thank you. And we also have Ro Khan, Director of Cook County Sheriff's Office. Ro, thanks for being with us. Thank you. By the way, Ro, you are very used to being on air, right? Before yeah. uh, your yes. time with the Cook County Sheriff, <laughs> you were actually a household name in the Chicagoland, right? Yeah, 30 years of radio time time as opposed to jail awesome. time. And then uh, Director of Security at the Ziegler Auto Group, Carrie Ann Thomas. Thank you for being here. So a couple weeks ago, Dave, you invited a bunch of dealers and law enforcement uh, to the CAT offices in Chicago for a purpose. Tell us a little bit about what prompted that gathering. Well, unfortunately, what prompted it was just the rampant theft vehicles from Chicago area dealerships, and it's just been out of control. And so I will steer it to your two other guests. Carrie Ann was uh, one who, who asked for such a seminar to happen, and Roe was instrumental in getting the kind of attendance from law enforcement that we had. So it really turned out to be a great event, both for our dealers and, I think, for the law enforcement to hear the depth of the problem uh, and the breadth of the problem. So um, it was a good, good session. And so Carrie Ann, give us a sense of the problem in the auto dealer world. Well, I think the problem is the rampant increase of vehicle thefts at dealerships, and it's not onesies and twosies anymore. It's sophisticated rings of multi-vehicles being stolen at one time, and you don't need the keys anymore. It's the theft of the keys, and we've just seen a dramatic increase in dealerships being victimized in this manner. Yeah, and in fact, Ro, thank you for attending today, but then also at that meeting, you shared a statistic that was shocking. So the statistic you shared is you compared the Los Angeles area to the Chicagoland, a much bigger metropolitan with many more people in LA. And Chicago is having five times worse instances of carjackings, as an example, than the LA area. True, Ro? Yeah, actually, it's even more shocking than that. If you combine New York and Los Angeles together in 2021, they would be half of what Chicago is for 2021 or was for 2021. And we're trending up this year. We're ahead of pace from where we were at this time last year for carjackings in in the city and the county. And and the problem that is carjackings is also a problem for the auto dealers. So where people are being carjacked, the, the instances is no different in the auto dealer world. So Carrie Ann would tell you, we have had shocking instances where people have come into our lots, stolen cars, broken into the building, stolen keys and driven off. And it's not just the Ziegler Auto Group, it's an auto dealer problem. So Dave, thank you for gathering both law enforcement and auto dealers at the CATA to discuss this. There were a lot of people there and Dave did an amazing job kind of wrangling all those disparate factions to get together. I do want to say about that, at least in the Chicago area, there are a lot of questions about, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to get a hold of this? And I'm really proud of the work that the vehicular hijacking task force that's hosted by the Chicago Police Department has been doing. I mean, just amazing work. And, you know, we 
can only do what we can do. If the cars get, they get carjacked, what we look at as a success in our world right now is how fast are we getting them back and the percentage that we're getting back. And so the number of recoveries have doubled since they started the task force uh, 13 months ago. And the time to recovery has been cut in half. So that's, you know, that's, that's really the great hard work of the Chicago Police Department, our police and the Cook County Sheriff's Police, I should say, and the FBI. And we also get some federal help as well in terms of aerial assets. So they've been amazing. And our suburban partners as well have been along for the ride. So when you think about that difference between the L.A. area and the Chicagoland, L.A., New York and the Chicagoland, what do you think attributes the biggest difference between those two areas in our higher uh, instance of this type of theft? Well, we've talked about that with Los Angeles. We've sat down with them and with New York talking about the issues. We do interviews with the assistance of the FBI. We do uh, what they call TTP interviews in which we talk to former offenders and about to create a profile essentially of what their proclivities are, what their interests are, what drives them. Is it economics? Is it, you know, what what are the, you know, the many different issues that are there for them that drive them into it? How young are they when they start? All those kinds of things. And the results have been pretty fascinating. And what we find is that the profile in Chicago is just a little bit different. We have a lot more juveniles involved in the Chicago area than they do in Los Angeles or New York. The use of the vehicle in Chicago is primarily for furtherance of another crime. They're either going to go steal another car, they're going to go steal at a dealership. A lot of the same crews are doing, the organized crews are doing carjacking are also doing the dealership thefts. And uh, they use those cars uh, for, you know, one of three things. One, to go do a shooting or a murder or something, another crime. They use it to try to sell it. They try to revin it, retag it, do all those things that they can do. They uh, there are some uh, pretty significant loopholes in states' laws across the nation here in terms of how you get a auto title. Uh, there's some really, really liberal states when it comes to auto titling. And uh, it's funny because they're very conservative states politically. But, you know, like in Texas, for example, you can apply online to become an auto dealer. And then when you become the auto dealer in Texas, then you can retitle cars and or send out titles for cars. And so that is a, you know, create part of that whole VIN fraud circumstance. There are people on our task force from Illinois Secretary of State's police who are also, by the way, incredible contributors to what we do. You know, they watch this stuff like a hawk. It's unbelievable to see how easy it is for some of these guys to steal a car, get a VIN that matches that car, either from a a car that's been, you know, wrecked and that's those all kinds of different titles that you can apply into once you get a VIN and uh, you can actually have two cars on the road that have the exact same VIN and the exact same. It's crazy how it works. And depending it's on not the state, a national database, right? It's right. It's not. It's a state, state by state, state database. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. The state has to figure it out. So then some of those vehicles are being exported from the Chicagoland, a large metropolitan area, and they're being washed or retitled in other states with more lenient laws. All right. Well, they're um, being kept here in Illinois. We're finding them here. But all of a sudden they have a, you know, a Texas plate on them or, or a Nevada plate. Yeah. So what can I, as an average citizen in the Chicagoland, do to help law enforcement to uh, deal with this as an issue? Well, I guess, you know, what we always like to say is our best friend is a nosy neighbor. And I know Carrie Ann, she had a very, very long law enforcement career. And this is just sort of an adage is that if you see something, say something. If you see suspicious activity on your block and you see, you know, new cars coming and going, you see cars without plates on them, you see cars with a bunch of temporary plates on them, or you see guys switching plates out, or you just happen to know that, you know, these are guys, these are these are people who are, you know, are stealing cars. It's really pretty obvious when you see it. And if you're on the block and you can alert law enforcement to it, you don't have to necessarily use your name in doing it. 
we get these calls from time to time anonymously from people that are saying, hey, you know, I'm seeing all the suspicious activity and, you know, we'll go and take a look at it. You know, we'll just we'll send a patrol car out. They know what they're looking for. Also, I think the most important thing that we can do, and we're doing it right now, and the Cook County Sheriff, Tom Dart, has been instrumental in leading the fight here legislatively to try to put some pressure on the auto manufacturers themselves to actually take part in this fight. Uh, they haven't really to, to any great degree. We have a great relationship with General Motors and folks at OnStar, uh, but uh, the other manufacturers have really been, you know, really difficult to deal with from a law enforcement perspective. Once a car gets gets carjacked, you know, we get on the phone with them, we identify ourselves. Hopefully, we have the victim with us that can give permission to uh, start the tracking of the vehicle. But more often than not, we'll have a situation where the person isn't subscribed to the tracking component yeah. to their, you know, to their vehicle, and they'll ask us for money. You know, it, it could be anything from $30 to $200 to start the tracking. And first of all, the victim very rarely ever has their wallet at the end of this incident, right? right? Yeah. Then they're on the phone, they're totally traumatized. And now there's a somebody at a call center somewhere, sometimes not even in the United States, who's telling them, hey, listen, you got to pay $200 to find your car. I mean, that is unacceptable under any circumstance. So the sheriff has reached out to work with the uh, United States Senate. He was just testifying there about a month ago in front of uh, the Judiciary Committee. And then we were just down in Springfield this week where two bills have been introduced that are specifically geared toward the manufacturers. And then we also have uh, other bills that are coming forward to change the charging schedule and the jail terms for all of vehicle-related, any kind of crime, whether it's criminal trespass to vehicle, possession of stolen motor vehicle, or aggravated, or just plain vehicular hijacking. So that's a huge tool, I would imagine, as that passes and you've got uh, stronger enforcement in that area. That's got to be a big help, I would think. The uh, Yeah, I'll tell you, the manufacturer piece is interesting because, again, we were down there on um, on Tuesday and, or no, Wednesday. This week, I can't even remember what day of the week it is. We were down there on Wednesday, and when we got there, we had, uh, I think, five sponsors in the House and one sponsor in the Senate. And now we have seven in the Senate, and we have 40 in the House who've jumped on. So this is definitely going to, it's probably not going to get enacted until next year, but it is, uh, we're very hopeful that, that something will happen here. And, and we've been working with the Alliance of Automotive Innovation on this as well. And, and they have tried to be very helpful with us, but it's just not moving at a speed at which we can actually, you know, make changes here. We need to get everybody on board. We're asking simply to start with a 24-7 hotline because some of these manufacturers, they only operate those, the police lines Monday through Friday, nine to five. You know, that's just not how it goes. That's not when the criminals are active. Dave, I would imagine this is something the CATA is involved in advocating for. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll help push that as much as we can. So it's interesting. I watched that show 48 and the premise behind that is you're more successful in uh, finding a homicide perpetrator. You know, if, if you get that wrapped up in the first 48, what's your time goal row with auto theft? I would imagine to your point about getting uh, manufacturers help in locating the vehicle, there's probably a, a magic period where you're more likely to find the vehicle and ultimately bring it home. Yeah, unfortunately, that's 30 minutes, 45 minutes. You know, yeah. that's why we're really pushing for this because it is essential that we are able to get that done at that. So what's interesting, Rose, even from our vantage point at Ziegler Auto Group, Carrie Ann, our director of security, Carrie Ann, you'll call our own manufacturers and how long will you sometimes spend on the phone trying to get access to location? You know, hours and hours and even days later, I'm still trying to get access to that information. And just like Roe emphasized, it is such a strong 
strong hurdle and it's different for every manufacturer. And then, you know, you have to have access at three in the morning to the stolen vehicles paperwork in a dealership. You know, where's that title? Can you scan it to them? It's just, and by then, you know, it decreases whether or not we're going to recover that vehicle in the shape we need to recover it. So, Ro, you presented to the group of auto dealers and law enforcement a solution that I thought was very creative that kind of bridges the passing of this legislation to make location easier with the manufacturers. And it's a sticker that a consumer at point of purchase would grant permission to police to track. Tell us a little bit about that and the success you've had with that thus far. We launched this in December. We put up on the Cook County Sheriff's website an affidavit, and this is really only for Cook County residents at the moment, but we encourage other sheriff's departments around the country to do this as well. It's an affidavit that is very simple. It just says, in the event that your vehicle has been illegally taken, I give consent to responding law enforcement to work with the manufacturer to track the vehicle. And then it has all the particulars of the car. And then they send that back to us. And then we have that on file and we can search for that by VIN number if a car does get stolen. And then we can, you know, we will know the plate will match a VIN on a stolen plate, stolen vehicle. Then we are, we're able to track that. We have that information within minutes. So we know as soon as in a vehicular hijacking case that I can speak to directly, I mean, the, the dealership steals and straight steals and things like that, it's a little bit different. But on a vehicular hijacking case, uh, manufacturers are pretty big because it's a violent act and there's a public safety and pr- preservation of life issue. That's a more compelling legal argument to have the dealer, the I'm sorry, the manufacturers deal with us. So this just allows us a little, it's a little faster because if we don't have access to the owner of the car, you could have a situation where the kids are in the car and they get carjacked or a spouse is in the car and they get carjacked and we can't get a hold of the registered owner of the vehicle. And that's what the manufacturer needs. So this affidavit is very helpful. And then in exchange, we have these stickers that you can put on the back or front of the windshield or the back window on the driver's side so that that says this vehicle is being tracked and it's got the Cook County Sheriff's logo on it and to the potential offender. Hey, you know, now I know that this is somebody who's actually taken an affirmative step to try to find this car. And we're hoping that that dissuades some behavior. It's too early to tell if it will or it won't. And in a lot of cases, these guys are pretty brazen. So I'm not... You know, very brazen. So, Ro, my question is, with that sticker on my car, does that get me out of a ticket in Cook County? Does that help with speeding <laughs> tickets at all? Does that help with speeding tickets? <laughs> oh, I get that question a lot, Sam. And the answer is a definitive no. Oh, no. Well, what's the biggest concern that an average consumer might have about that affidavit? I, I think you made a great point at the meeting about that. Yeah. I mean, people are very concerned that they're being, you know, that they will be tracking them at all times. And that is absolutely not true. It says it right there in the affidavit. The only way that we can track this is through the manual manufacturer and it is with the manufacturer's assistance and only because the vehicle has been taken from you. We're not tracking you in the vehicle. We're tracking the carjacker in the vehicle. Yeah. So, so I think that's a great thing. That's something we're going to uh, work with our auto dealerships at the Ziegler Auto Group to implement into our processes and make available to our customers, the, those residents of county. There's a lot of auto dealers row listening to this podcast. What could they do to help with this legislation with the manufacturers? You know, I just reach out to your representatives, and your senators in the state of Illinois and say, you know, you'd like to see this pass. And, you know, we're not trying to jam up any kind of a business. And the United States Senate as well, we got these questions 
during the hearing in Washington, which is, you know, there are there are privacy concerns. There are folks that think that government shouldn't be telling business how to operate. But this is a public safety issue. And this is a very clear public safety issue. There are times that legislation gets jammed down or comes down onto businesses that you think, well, that doesn't really have a, t- a ton of relevance. Uh, this does. And I cannot imagine where there is why or how there could not be a political will to get this across the finish line. On a federal level, you know, obviously the auto manufacturers have their, you know, they have their lobbying and communications efforts. And, you know, they don't necessarily want to have a set of rules imposed upon them that they can't all abide by. But, you know, the major manufacturers, General Motors, again, I go back to them because, they, you know, sort of the top of the class here. This isn't going to be a problem for them because they're doing everything already that we're going to ask the other manufacturers to do. And it, this can be phased in. And we are fully aware that there are manufacturers that are five years behind uh, in terms of the technology to be able to, you know, do turn by turn tracking and things like that. But, you know, we're asking them to get on board. It's good for them in the long run because this is going to be a sales advantage in big cities where carjacking is around the rise around the nation. You know, I talked about New York and Los Angeles before, but in New York and LA, those numbers at 500 apiece, those are astronomical numbers for those communities. They didn't have those numbers a couple of years ago. Right. So it's an idea that, you know, time has come. The manufacturers need to address this. And yes, there will be other technological overlays that the manufacturers will have that that will address this that are in the pipeline already. But in the meantime, a 24 hour a day, seven day a week hotline that law enforcement can call and initiate tracking of the vehicle, even if it's just a ping, last location. Sometimes these the telemetry is disabled by the carjackers or by the car thieves. You see that in dealership deals as well. They're very sophisticated folks. They know exactly what to do. And there is a, you know, so we just need to know where that last location was. What's interesting, Ro, is it seems to me most people assume that there's that capability anyway. So it's a tribute to the manufacturers that they've erred a little bit on the side of privacy because, you know, with technology, what it is, I think that's probably a part that everybody's trying to figure out is, you know, what should justify having access to that type of information. But, you know, I'll tell you, and Carrie Ann can share more detail, the thefts that we've seen have been so brazen that people coming into our lots with stolen vehicles have stolen more vehicles and then they've come back for more after they've taken keys. While you, Ro, not you, but while law enforcement's on the lot trying to uh, get their photos and dust for prints from the first interaction, that's incredibly dangerous, isn't it, Ro? Having a criminal trying to perpetrate another crime in front of a police officer with a gun, you know, someone will get hurt eventually and, and they probably are, Ro, right? Right. And it's and it, again, it is, a, it, we go back to the brazen nature of, of some of these folks. They, do, they don't really care. There is an, a sense when we talk to them, there is a sense of immunity in some respects. I mean, depending on where they live and depending the, you know, like the community, the county, whatever it is in which people live, the rules are different. I mean, in some places, a law enforcement can chase offending cars, yeah. felony cars. In others, they can't. And they know where they are. They know which county they're in when they're in the northeastern Illinois. They know where they, what, what they're doing. <laughs> they know the difference between We're not going to share that here on the podcast because we don't want to create any perpetrators. But <laughs> that is an interesting point. The differences in the standard between counties and areas has got to create hard and soft targets and ultimately attract those crimes to those areas. Yeah. So is that part of what you'd be advocating for too? Kind of a standard across the state or the uh, area? Well, you know, the state does have rules about pursuit and stuff like that. There are state laws surrounding that as well. And uh, there's a a new state law that's just been uh, uh, that was passed and and it's being phased in. And there's a couple of different things that are going to be happening on January 1 of 2023 that are going to make it, you know, even more difficult for law enforcement 
person to keep track of things. And, you know, that's again, that just goes to a political will. And, you know, I, it's not my place to determine or to express an opinion on that. It's just up to the voters to decide, you know, what they want to see. But it's, let's face it. I mean, crime is an issue. It's a gigantic political issue right now. And, and you can see politicians adjusting to it. Yeah, absolutely. Carrie Ann, any questions? No, I just want to say that, you know, for as much crime and everything that's out there happening, we have found our partnership with local law enforcement, with Roe and the task force he's mentioned, have always been very, very helpful when this happens to us. And every single time, because we know these cars stolen from these dealerships, you know, are the nexus to other violent crimes. And, you know, having those relationships and knowing what is helpful to law enforcement when it happens and the immediacy of it is very, very important. And on the other hand, having that relationship when they need vehicle information or uh, different things that we can help them out is, you know, we're here to be part of the solution. Yeah, so Roe, on behalf of the Ziegler Auto Group, thanks for the partnership and all auto dealers in the Chicagoland. Thanks for, you know, your team do to help keep us safe. You know, we can start to deter by showing how futile this act is, whether it's dealership steals or carjacking. We're, you know, we're trying to make it futile for them. And we'll just, uh, we'll... You know, we need all the help we can get and as you know, much public support as we can muster. So it's interesting in that meeting, a dealer turned to me and said, Sam, don't you think it's fascinating that the week or a few days prior to our meeting, there had actually been an attempted theft or a theft at a dealership where shots had been fired, as I understand it. And the dealer said, isn't it fascinating that it didn't make the news? Like it was in the newspaper, but it wasn't on the video news that night. It, it's become commonplace enough, Ro. Do you see that, that there's a little bit of, you know, a blind eye being turned to this type of crime? just because it's becoming more frequent? And then does that create a problem for you in the awareness realm? We're having on the issue of vehicular hijacking, that's eating a lot of the oxygen in the room. So that seems to be in the news more. We're also trying to, in all honesty, we'd like to keep it front and center in the political sphere. We, we want to keep it front and center in the, um, you know, in the public discourse, because until there is a moment where people go, man, this really is a problem. This really does need to be addressed. And, and without solutions, you can't really have that conversation. So that's why the sheriff is offering these solutions. That's why we are coming up with a manufacturer piece and some of the other, and you know, this public safety awareness campaign as well. And we want people People to see this and understand it. And, and quite honestly, we're getting a lot of attention and there's going to be a ton of attention, television attention. You know, the May sweeps period is coming up here and there's been a lot of interest. Those are stories that are made. Sometimes they're shot and compiled because they're very complicated stories that they like to do multi-part stories. They tend to do those weeks out. We're already getting interest from a number of different media outlets to, to do that for television, radio interviews. Sheriff does a couple of them a day right now talking about this and, it, you know, press conferences. We're doing everything we can to draw attention to the problem of car theft in general and vehicular hijacking, carjacking specific. And the more people understand this is a crime that, as you guys know, it changes economic behavior. It changes the decision that people have to what kind of car they want, whether they're going to get in the car, where they're going to go when they get in the car. If you live in the suburbs, are you going to come into the city? The city is still, you know, downtown is still relatively safe, but it is a but there's a perception that it's crazy. It's Armageddon. And we need to fix that. And the only way we can fix that is to be honest to what the problem really is and then ask, you know, the citizens and the political class to help law enforcement get a handle on it. 
Well, Rokon, Director of Cook County Sheriff's Office, we absolutely appreciate you being with us today and sharing your experience and what Cook County is doing to help us address this issue that so impacts auto dealers. Dave Sloan, CATA, thank you for being here as well. Carrie Ann Thomas, Director of Security Ziegler Auto Group. We appreciate the collaboration between all of you that resulted in the meeting at CAT a couple weeks ago. And Ro, anything else we can do to help with this legislation with auto manufacturers and the problem overall, please let us know. But uh, thanks for making time for us today. 